0: Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show, interview edition. We've got some fantastic guests for you today. Valentina Shevchenko, the women's flyweight champion, will join us. The number three pound-for-pound women's fighter in the world, which is an atrocity because really she should be number two. You look at Zhang Veili, she's number two. She has that very close win over and Jacek. When Valentina Shevchenko fought her, it wasn't close. I mean, let's do the math here. I know that Zhang is undefeated in the UFC, but Shevchenko's losses in the UFC? Amanda Nunes, who's the number one pound for pound women's fighter in the world. I think Shevchenko should be number two. If you disagree with me, feel free to send me a message on Twitter, but uh, you're wrong. We've also got on the show Alex Perez fighting for the UFC Men's Flyweight Championship. You know, Alex Perez is uh he has one loss in the ufc and that was to joseph benavidez i think that he's going to be an interesting matchup for figueredo Uh, i think perez is a very very tricky fighter he's got a lot of different skills and a lot of different problems that he can cause for davis and figueredo and we'll discuss that during our interview also joined by caitlin chukagian who will be taking on cynthia calvio chukagian looking to stay in the discussion as a contender in the women's flyweight division, while Cynthia Calvillo is trying to earn a shot at the title, which she will likely get if she's able to get a win over And I know Jessica Andrade is kind of sneaking into the division, trying to make a name for herself and try to get a title shot. I wouldn't mind seeing her face Lauren Murphy sometime in the future. We'll see how that one goes. But uh, I do think that with a win, Calvillo can be the next challenger for the women's flyweight title, so we'll discuss that as well. Chaos Williams, one of the best knockouts you'll see. This past weekend, co event against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan finishes him inside of a minute with just a devastating punch. If you look at it, it's an interesting punch. If you watch the replay, he fakes the 1-2 and then throws the 1-2, catches him on the 1. <laughs> the 2 doesn't hit him, but it didn't matter because Al-Hassan went stiff and that was it. Great win for Chaos Williams, and we'll discuss how that's changed his life. And then we'll talk to his manager. Iridium Sports' is Jason House, the reason I'm having Jason on the show, and I don't often talk to managers, is because this is only the second time that Jason has a fighter competing for a UFC title. The first was Joe Soto, who got the fight on 24 hours' notice when he faced TJ Dillashaw. This is a fighter that got more notice than that as a full camp under his belt, and is certainly worthy of the title shot in Alex Perez. So he'll try to become Not only the first contender series fighter to win a championship, but also the first Iridium sports fighter to win a championship. So we talked to Jason House about that, and also about just how he got started in the business. It's a very, very interesting story. He used to work at Outback Steakhouse at night after working during the day. I'll let him tell that story instead of me telling it. Let's get to the interviews. We'll start off with an interview with Valentina Shevchenko, the Women's Flyweight Champion of the World, followed by Alex Perez, Cynthia Calvillo, Caitlin Jukagian, Chaos Williams, and Jason House. Thanks for tuning in to this week's TSN MMA Show, Interview Edition. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, hopefully myself and Joe Valtellini will have a show for you later this week. Joe is in Vegas preparing for his disciple, Malcolm Gordon's fight against Sue on next week's UFC Fight Night card in Las Vegas. Uh, I think he will have some time in quarantine, so hopefully we can check in with one another then. If not, it'll just be me flying solo. We'll try to get that up tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to the TSN MMA Show, interview edition. Here's our first interview with women's flyweight champion Valentina Shevchenko. I'm now joined by the women's flyweight champion of the world and the number three pound-for-pound woman in the UFC. I can't say that with a straight face. The number three pound-for-pound woman in the UFC. That's got (laughs) to bother you. That can't be be right.
1: (laughs) I don't don't take it seriously because for me it's not make any sense. It doesn't mean anything.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just weird because she... Barely beats Joanna Shevchenko, or sorry, Joanna uh, Jancic. <laughs> I'm getting the two names uh, mixed together now. Joanna Jancic, <laughs> very, cl- very, very close fight. When you fought Joanna Jancic, it was a one-sided fight. So, uh, how did they figure out that the, you're ranked below her in terms of the pound-for-pound pecking order? That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I
1: did not know what the system of, of, of figuring out who they're gonna put uh, on the positions. So I'm. Um, it's not the things that I am interested in, the things that I'm interested in in my performance and keep my belt on my belly. This is the <laughs> only things what I uh, uh, worry about.
0: <laughs> you don't strike me as somebody who's on the treadmill running thinking, number three pound for pound. That makes <laughs> me very angry. Uh, you don't strike yeah. me as that kind of person. <laughs> no,
1: I'm not that kind of person because you know it's like as oh, that kind of ranking, it's, it can be like this today. It's gonna change tomorrow. So it's um, yeah, it's not something that bother me at all.
0: <laughs> you've been uh, on the shelf with an injury for a little bit. Is this the longest? Uh, I guess the, the worst injury you've had for your uh, in your mixed martial arts career so
1: far. Mm, kind of yes but even uh saying about the injuries it's not the worst that um an athlete can receive
0: right yeah of course there are worse injuries uh, you haven't been out for all that long uh but while you were out the, the women's flyweight division seems to be having a lot of interesting things happen with it are, are you um is that refreshing to you do you like seeing that
1: of course, I do. I love to see the any movement, how, like uh, that's happening in the flyweight, in the female MMA uh, in general. I love to see it, and it's just like uh, keep me um, being very happy for uh, women, female or women MMA in general, um, because it's great to see the all progress.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at Cynthia Calvillo. She's moved into the uh, into the division. Jessica Andrade looked great. In her uh, flyweight debut, which of those fights intrigues you more? Is there somebody that you look at in the division right now that obviously you've got Jennifer Maya ahead of you, and I don't want to write her off because she's a great opponent, but down the line, is there somebody from the flyweight division that's that's emerged that uh, is of interest to you?
1: anyone anyone uh, like uh, everyone I would say interesting to me but you uh, saying exactly right that I'm focused on my fight this Saturday first of all and everything that I need to have to be worried about it's this fight first and then after the fight I can think about what's gonna be next but before it's not happening I just uh, don't want to bother me for uh, like uh, to put my attention not where it has to be
0: it's always fun for us uh, journalists and reporters to look ahead but for you you've got a, a pretty tall task in front of you i think jennifer maya is incredibly underrated she's looked good at, in her time uh, in the ufc i think she's had some stumbles but i think she looked great against uh joanne calderwood what kind of problems do you think she will bring to the table
1: uh, she's a good fighter She she's a MMA fighter a complete fighter she has good uh, stand-up she has good ground and uh, I expect in everything I prepared for everything as um, all my preparation all my fight even um, she is she was not like doing something in her fight some techniques I expect in them and I ready for anything that's why it's like uh, doesn't matter what she gonna do it's not gonna take me by surprise because I'm ready for
0: it give me one thing she might do better than you not not does do better i don't want you to, to take anything away from yourself you're a complete fighter but she might do better than uh, valentina shevchenko mm,
2: you know <laughs>
1: i have so much experience i fought so many different girls i like trained that hard that uh, there is like uh, no, no you never will hear from me things like that
0: <laughs> not even a maybe maybe she's well, what do you think she's best at? How about that? Instead of saying what might she be better at uh, than you, what's she best at in your opinion? What's her absolute best asset as a fighter? Uh,
1: you know, I'm. I never was focusing... In what she's best or something like this I and and I was speaking not about uh, not only about Jennifer particular but speaking like in general all my opponents I just uh, thinking what I can do to win them what I have to do and sometimes it's not about being the best or uh, or doing something better than someone it just doing this thing in the right time in the right moment, in the right like time, uh, uh, time frame of the fight, this is about uh, all about not just like simple things. It's so many factors that has to join in one point, and this is what I'm working on every time in every my single training to make all these factors everything to come in one point to like to make explosion to help me to win the fight.
0: No, there's a common expression. It's losers focus on winners. Winners focus on winning. Is that something that you subscribe to?
1: (laughs) Can't say in general.
0: (laughs) Do you ever really focus on your opponent? I mean, if you can be the best Valentina Shevchenko whenever you get into the cage, you probably feel like you can beat anybody, regardless of what their skill set is.
1: This is what I am every time focusing on my training. To beat anyone who in front of me. Not Just going inside of the cage and enjoy the fight or like be relaxed over there. No, to be the best, to win the fight and show the great performance. This is what I am focusing in before the fight and what I think before the fight.
0: Well, there's one thing that's disappointing to me is that I don't get to cover this fight in person. The last time I've covered it in person, uh, the first time I interviewed you, I I was asked to hold on a second because the president of Kyrgyzstan was on the phone. And then the next time I interviewed you, Halle Berry came to give you a hug before we started speaking. So it's always an adventure when I get to talk to you after a fight.
1: Yes, it it was so good, so great experience both times and the uh, president of Kyrgyzstan call and of course it was amazing when Halle Berry um, was coming to the fight to see me fight and then after the fight congratulate me because we um, was doing so uh, like for the long time working in her movie um in her directional debut, Bruce, and it was amazing, all experienced, like, to know her as a person. It was so good, yes. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what else I can get. Well,
0: when you said it was both, a, both were a great experience, I, I hoped you meant when we, under, when I interviewed you, not, not seeing them, but that's okay. I'll, uh, I'll allow it. Uh, in, in terms of uh, this particular fight, um, you know, everybody's always going to ask you about Amanda Nunez. Uh, but do you feel like right now you kind of have to put that on the on the back burner, given how many uh, different contenders are coming up in the flyweight division?
1: Uh yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, my goal is the same as it was before; it didn't change—to um, fight in flyweight to keep my belt for a long time and um but i'm not discarding any opportunities that can be in the future so fighting someone else outside of my weight class it can be as well and regardless amanda i know it's gonna happen someday i don't know when it's uh, tomorrow after tomorrow in two years in one year i don't know when but i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen
0: I feel like uh, a fight with Zhang Veli would probably be closer. But, of course, she's got her hands full with Rose coming up. I mean, there's a lot of great contenders at 115. And also, everybody's always focused on these division versus division fights. But right now, there's some good—you I, I, know, 135 needs a, a good challenger, I will say. I don't know how many good challengers are at 135 right now. I think that's why there's a desire for you to move up again and, and face Amanda Nunez, given how well you've done in the flyweight division and how well you've done against Amanda historically. Those are great fights. But right now, I think that there's a lot of great challengers, both in your division and at 115
1: yeah i think so too i think so too it's very um interesting to see how the things are happening because it's uh every time it can be so different you are thinking expecting some some certain things but then it, after the fight because fight is fight and it's totally changing and you have to think about so making the new strategy <laughs>
0: I've spoken to a lot of champions and former champions recently that have talked about the stress of being a champion the uh the expectations the the cha- constant challengers for whatever reason with you it doesn't seem to affect you that much am i am i re- am i right on that it seems like you enjoy being champion you enjoy all of these new challenges coming about you enjoy the uh the different media obligations everything that comes with being a champion it seems like you embrace
1: the stress what you're getting from the fight it's same you're the champion, or you are not a champion. It's the same. It's totally the same. But what you wanna uh, be better? What you wanna be most? Champion or no? <laughs> of course, you uh, you you wanna be the champion. And um, I don't know. I just was prepared all my life to uh, do these things, and it's. Um, I would say if you don't know what to expect it's something that can bother you but when you know exactly what to expect and how to manage all energies what energy put before the fight to the interviews but still be very concentrated for the fight and you know how to do it it doesn't affect you that much and um, it's just like um Different type of the person Uh, probably someone who got it so fast and they weren't was not ready for this attention Probably it's affecting them. But for me, it's not I Constantly was moving towards this way. I constantly was working on be the best and I knew what to expect That's why it's uh, make um, more pride like it's priceless for me and that's why it's my biggest motivation I will not lose it never because I know what cost I had to pay to became UFC champion and I know what does it mean and I won't lose it lost it no never
0: Another thing that people have a lot of stress about is competing on the same card as a sibling. We've heard some brothers say, I'm never fighting on the same card as my brother again. I think it was Anthony (laughs) Pettis that he didn't want to fight on the card with Sergio again because Sergio lost and it threw him off. You're really embracing the idea of making history, becoming the first sisters to fight on the same card, yourself and Antonina this weekend. Why is that something that you are really embracing and looking forward to?
1: Ah, um, because it's uh, first in the history of uc first ever sisters fighting on the same card and you know it's the same same when you experience something for the first time it's very hard for you but for us it was um fighting in muay thai championships in uh, events and everything we every time was fighting on the same event every time like had this experience and we know how to manage our feelings. For not being affected by them, this is the most important. And as I'm saying, if you don't have experience in something, you uh, can be affected by it. But when you uh, you know how to manage it, it never will affect you. Was
0: there ever a situation in Muay Thai where yourself or Antonina lost uh, on the same card that one of you competed on?
1: Mm, we had so many different situations. We had so much things uh, happening in our uh, fighter fighting career, so it's uh, just like, you know, um, You cannot help right because uh me uh, antonina cannot help me i cannot help her inside of the cage inside of the ring because the person who performing is only one responsible of all success that's why it's like you cannot put too much emotions because you are still have your uh, Target your goal, your things to do, and this is the what's most important for you at this moment and um, I know exactly how to deal with everything, and what I can say exactly to you that um we are both in so good shape that there is no way there is no way we're gonna be successful in this event.
0: do you have a, a favorite fight of all time, one that you look back on? that uh you really you really think fondly about
1: uh favorite fighters i have several uh one uh that's like since my childhood it's Benny a Jet Orchidus and I watch his fight every time and he's like so uh, much inspiration for me how he's fighting and I was so lucky in 2017 to meet him uh, in person to have lunch with him and like just to uh, hear him speaking about his experience in the life in his fighting because one thing when you're watching the fight from the video Tape, and there are other things when you're hearing him personally, like sharing his experience what he lived uh, at that moment so he's been in the jet it's uh, uh, my favorite fighter but if you're speaking about like um, MMA and UC I really like fighters who are not only one thing they are like complete fighters they can do uh, so much different interest techniques um, I like uh, very much uh, John Jones his fighting styles Dimitri Johnson he is like a perfect fighter uh conor mcgregor he has very good style of the fighting so uh, there is so much so much fighters that um, um, you can be inspired by them and this is what exactly i looking forward i i look up to it's like be universal fighter and be um like best fighter in everything. Stand-up, ground, wrestling, everything.
0: What about your own fights? Like fights that you've been in in the UFC or in MMA. Do you have a favorite fight?
1: Oh, you know, it's very hard to say because my um, career, it doesn't (laughs) over. The favorite fight, it's still to come. (laughs) And you just cannot say, while you're active, it's like I, I don't think it's very right to say about to to uh, to have something like over over the top of the other fights.
0: And do you have like is there do you have a favorite type of fight? Like would you rather have a fight where you're being really challenged, where it's a difficult opponent, where it's um, an opponent that gives you trouble or one where you just win really quickly, really, really fast? Is Is that a fight that you prefer to have?
1: Oh, you know, my favorite fight is very I'm winning. <laughs> Doesn't matter what I have to do and what I, where I had, uh, where they're gonna push me. So like a very hard fight, very fast fight. My favorite fight is when my uh, hands are raised.
0: Well, hopefully it's another one of those fights this weekend. It's the uh, the main event, uh, sorry the co-main event rather. Uh, this weekend's pay-per-view, UFC 255. Yourself taking on Jennifer Maya for the women's flyweight championship. I always appreciate your time. You're a, always a great pleasure to speak with. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye.
0: Alex Prez looks to make history this weekend. He'll be making history anyways—the first contender series fighter to fight for a title in the UFC. But uh, will look to become the UFC Flyweight Champion of the world uh, and become the first contender series fighter to win a title. So uh, that'll be a lot of uh, a lot of fun to watch as Davis and Figueroa is the uh, the newest champion of the division, a division that uh, was. Run by uh, Demetrius Johnson for some time. Tell me about Davison Figueredo and the unique challenges you think he's going to pose for you.
3: Um, he obviously everybody knows he has power. Uh, you know his stance is a little weird, like uh, he has a karate stance. But he's also very well rounded, good wrestling. We see him take people down, uh, good on the ground. See him choke people out, and then see him scramble with people and get submissions. So I mean, it's gonna it's a definitely an interesting puzzle. But I feel like i I solved it. I watched the uh, Countdown show uh, Have you had a chance to watch it yet
0: uh yeah i I watched it. It was interesting seeing that he's adapted a martial art that is from animals and how they fight. I thought that was that was really interesting. Did you know that going into this?
3: nah you know uh everybody everybody has you know their their beliefs and things like that you know i've I've seen people on the countdown and on embedded and stuff like that do things that were like what the heck you know well what are they doing that for? And uh if it works for them, keep doing it, man. You know, that that that's something maybe people are eventually like, Oh, well he's doing it, I'm gonna do it, you know, jump on. So I mean I think it's pretty interesting.
0: So when Cody Garbrandt was going to get the title, I felt bad for actually for your manager, Jason House, because I thought that yourself and Brandon Moreno, you could make make a case that both you guys should have gotten that first shot at Davis and Figueredo. Uh However, you ended up getting the shot. Tell me about that phone call with Jason House when he called you, how he was feeling, how you were feeling when he broke that news to you. Uh,
3: you know, I was sleeping because they, they were on Fire Island. So I was sleeping. He calls me. He calls me twice because my phone's always on Don't Disturb. And then I was like, man, this has got to be important. You know, he's calling me late. He knows I'm in bed by now, so uh, you know he tells me he's like, "Hey, Cody's out." I'm like, "Okay," and then he's like, "You're in." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, Cody's out. You're in." I'm like, "Oh man," uh, I think I got maybe like two, three hours of sleep that day. Um, it was a definitely a crazy night, you know, but it, it was life-changing, you know, news. It was something that you work for your whole life, uh, you know. The you know, the 10 years I've been doing MMA, something you work for, to be, to fight in the UFC is one, and to be a UFC champion is two, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm that close.
0: Now, I don't know if you have a, a girlfriend or if you're married or anything. Did you wake up, uh, do you some, did you have somebody with you in the house? That'll, I guess, be my first question.
3: Yeah, uh, so Ricky, uh, Ricky uh, Simone was in the house with me, uh, and my girlfriend, yeah, she was there, and uh, uh, she's pregnant right now, so, you know, when I, when I answered the phone, I ran to the, I ran to the living room, and Ricky's sleeping in there. I'm like, oh, man, screw it. So I'm like, yeah, what's up, Jason, you know? And I told Ricky. Ricky was pumped, and then she's like, who called you? She's like, they know we're sleeping. I was like, oh, Jason. He's like, what do you want? Oh, I'm fine for the title. And she's like, what? You know, she was all excited. She's like, all right, now let me go to sleep. I'm like, okay. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, who was the first one to be able to fall back asleep after this news came about? It was her?
3: Oh, yeah, she was She was passed out, you know? She <laughs> I, I was like, man, I was like laying there in bed. I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I go for a run right now? It's you know, it's like, you know, it was the thing. was like twelve thirty-one a.m. I was like, should I go for a run right now? Should I, uh, I? Like, I have no idea what to do. Yeah. So, how long
0: did it take for you to get back to sleep?
3: Oh man, I probably got like two, three hours of sleep that day, you know, because I was so, I was so pumped, you know, and I, and it's kind of hard because they tell you not to tell anybody, but I'm like, oh man, I gotta tell my boy, uh, you know, Cheeto. He's been one of my main training partners, and he's like a brother to me. So I told him. You know, and I was like, man, I was like, yeah, it's just super exciting, you know. Absolutely, and uh, definitely a great opportunity for you.
0: Did you feel bad for Brandon Moreno? I think obviously between the two of you, one of you was going to be next uh, for that
3: slot. Um, no, I mean, n- not to be you know a douche, but hey, I felt I deserved it after my last fight. I finished the guy he went to a decision with, and you can argue argue that. It was uh I I you know I personally thought sir maybe pulled it off he had more control time in that fight but um you know what I mean he'll get his shot he all you have to do is keep winning uh I like like yeah I would have been upset if they would pick Granon like I would have been like oh you know but hey man all you gotta do is keep winning and you get your shot so if you really deserve it um you know you, you win your next fight definitely I I would love to defend my defend the title against him when I win. And not to mention,
0: Formisha is the last person to beat the champion, to beat Figueredo. And you, you finished him, like you mentioned. I, I found that actually uh, yesterday that Formicia has been released from the promotion, which I thought was surprising.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, it's kind of crazy because I've known Jusser for, man, 10 years. I So when I met Jusser, he was considered the number one guy in the world at 125. And I was getting ready for my second amateur fight, you know, at the time. And we've always kept in touch. He's like, uh, he's a good mentor, someone I look up to in the sport. He's very, you know, uh he's very well spoken, very respected by others and uh, you know, just humble guy and then when they offered me to fight him, I was like, Man, like I I need to make money, I got you know, I need to make money, you know, I'm pretty sure he needs to make money. I took the fight, uh, you know, but I talked to him I talked to him after the fight, before the fight, you know. It was kinda it was kinda different, but you know, I mean all respect to that guy. It sucks that he got released, but I'm pretty sure he's gonna get picked up by somebody.
0: Yeah, as he should. He's an exceptional fighter. Have you had a chance to talk to him since you found out that he got released, or are you probably a little bit focused on bigger things right now?
3: Uh, no, I, I keep in touch, man. We're friends. I just, you know, I ask him, like, hey, what's up, man? How are you? You know, any fight news? you like, oh, call I got released. Like, oh, man, that, you know, that sucks. He's like, yeah, he's like, it's okay, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, I try to keep in touch with with him, like, every, every so often. and probably, like, talk once, twice a month.
0: It's just weird. I mean, the flyweight division, it looked like it was getting rebuilt, and then suddenly, like you mentioned, one of the top guys in the division gets uh, gets let go. But, uh, you know, that being said, it looks like Cody Garbrandt's going to be next in line for the the next title shot. Is that somebody that you would look forward to facing?
3: Yeah, man. He, uh, you know, when he came down, I was kind of upset, but I understand why they did it. it uh, UFC's a business, man. They need to make money. Cody Garbrandt's a big name. People want to see him fight. People like the way he fights. So I understand why they did it. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at the UFC. I was just upset at, you know, like, man, it had to be right now when I'm on fire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't have been like two fights ago, three fights ago, you know, but uh, like I took it on the chin and moved on. If they wanted to put him next, that's great. I wouldn't mind fighting that guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that being said, the way you fight is very exciting as well. And that's why I find it so uh, so curious because you you could potentially have been an undefeated fighter if not for an incidental clashing of heads against Joseph Benavidez that kind of changed the course of that fight. Is that the way that you feel? Do you feel like almost like you're undefeated because of how that played out?
3: Uh, no, nah, man. Uh, you know, like, it's crazy because I am... One of the biggest sore losers, like, after I lose, man, people, like, I go to my room, I go, I honestly get my stuff on, go for a run or something, like, just get my mind off it, like, right after the fight, and I just start running, you know, just because, you know, I I give myself the whole night to kind of complain about it, and after that, it's whatever. Uh, That whole Joe situation, same thing, I kind of took the night, whatever, and then whatever happened, happened. He won the fight fair and square, you know, obviously nothing was called, so he won the fight fair and square. I can't ever say, like, oh, he would not have voted me out of one. Who knows? The fight was still early, but get off to Joe that night. He was a better guy that night.
0: Are you gonna be in the back watching uh the Brendan Royval versus Brendan Moreno fight if you're if you're at the in the building, I guess, at that point since it's headlining the other prelims?
3: Um, nah, you know, I just focus on myself. Um, uh, no need to worry about other people when I got I got a fight uh coming up, you know, when I got my fight coming up in a you know, obviously a few minutes or whatever it is. Um, but not nah, I mean I, I've trained with Brandon Rovell and Factory X. Those are great guys, great team. You know, I wish all the best to Brandon Rovell. You know, hopefully he gets a win. Uh I respect that camp. I like those guys to talk to the I talk to them frequently. So I mean I wish them nothing but the best. Uh Brandon Brandon I already don't know him. Uh you know, whoever wins wins. Doesn't matter to me. Is there any additional
0: pressure going into this fight, knowing that not only are you fighting for the title, but fighting a guy like Davis and Figueredo, who you know is uh, one of the more violent fighters in the UFC, uh, any extra nerves going into it as a result of that?
3: No. Nah. Uh, I, f- I feel no... Ner- I mean, I get nervous when I'm there in the venue, obviously, but right now, no nerves. I feel like uh, I've done everything right in camp, my nutrition, my recovery, my, uh, you know, my uh, striking, my wrestling, my grappling. I think I've marked... Uh, Marked every check, you know, I checked everything off and I feel great. I feel amazing. So no reason to, you know, be crazy nervous. It's a fight, man. Uh at the end of the day, it's two people going in there throwing four ounce gloves. Anything can happen.
0: Yeah, when you first popped up on my screen when I called you, uh the first thing I thought is like, Wow, this guy looks like he's <laughs> he's very close to being on weight and uh you look like you're in great shape. I used to work at an amusement park as a guess your weight guy. Am I allowed if I guess your weight will will you be honest with me if I if I throw a number out there?
3: <laughs> yeah
0: i'm gonna say 129 and a half pounds right now
3: uh, Ah, no
0: no 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 I'm, I'm not i'm not close nah, i'm not
3: i'm not i'm not that i like i'm good on weight but not that good on weight you <laughs> know what i mean I, i'm better put this way, i'm better than i am usually am you know what are you usually at around 140 at this time of fight week uh yeah it just depends you know uh, a couple of fights have been heavier so it's every fight's different you know uh, i've been working with perfecting athletes for three years now and um at first, I had really bad eating habits. When I first started working with them, I love I love my food. I love Korean barbecue and sushi, all you can eat places. You know, I'm a, I'm a foodie. So uh, slowly but surely, uh, Paulina, Michelle, Denise, and all them uh, Perfect Athletes team has helped me change my eating habits. So I'm eating a hundred times cleaner, a hundred times better. And you know, uh, obviously my weight every time I come in has gotten better and better. So this is the best it ever been. And I just I credit that to them because. Man, before I, I was a fat boy. I loved to
0: eat. I've noticed you're do, you, utilizing a little head movement by not telling me what you weigh right now. You're, you're kind of, you're dodging that part of the question.
3: <laughs> I, 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 you just said if you guess, I'll tell you. Oh well, that's, now, fair. I,
0: that's uh, fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, no teddy uh, bear I was, for me.
3: Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was about, I was about one thirty-five this morning. Okay, so so
0: you're doing, you're well on target then in terms yeah, of all, where you should be at this time. Yeah, of the
3: week. I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know, obviously the cutting weight, I'll lose a little couple more pounds tonight, things like that, you know, so it, it goes down slowly, but I mean, it, it gets it done, and uh, I feel great, I'm still eating, and stuff like that. What does a fighter eat during fight week in order to keep,
0: like, the pounds off? Like, if a perfecting athlete's gonna give you something, let's say, on, like, Thursday, what would you eat the day before you're going to make weight?
3: So, uh, everybody's different, man, like, with them, like, before, usually, oh, 24 hours before, you're not gonna, you stop drinking, you stop eating, kind of eat a little bit throughout the day and stuff like that, like, today I had uh, a omelet with avocado, you know. Obviously salsa, because I'm, you know, I'm Mexican. Got to put that sauce on there. Had my coffee. I'm about a gallon in, you know, probably drink another half a gallon uh, to a gallon today. I had a celery juice, so I, I still eat a lot, man. So it's it, everybody's different. Everybody has a different program that they they do.
0: Well, it's a pleasure catching up with you. It's the main event this weekend. Is this, this is your first main event, right? <laughs> Yep, first main event. That must be pretty cool. I mean, uh, seeing your name on on all the posters, uh, your face on all the posters. Does that have oh, a different yeah. feeling for you?
3: Oh, it's it's freaking amazing. You know, like I said, uh, going into going into you know when you start a sport in any sport, um, I think you know your goal is to be on you know on a poster or on a sports cover and things like that. And uh, you know, it's like I said, knocking stuff off my bucket list, my checklist. You know, being on a UFC poster. How many people can say? They've done that. Fight for a title, how many people can say they've done that? You know, fight in the UFC, how many people can say they've done that? Win X amount of fights. So I'm just knocking things off my list little by little.
0: So if you do win the
3: title, what else is on that list? Is there anything else that they, that hasn't happened yet? Oh, man, there's a bunch. Uh, you know, uh, for me, it would be defending it, obviously, a few times. Um, obviously, breaking some records in the UFC for flyweights. Um, you know, and obviously, eventually, moving up to 35s and being a champ there so i mean there's a whole bunch of goals that i set for myself that are reachable uh you know it's going to take some time but you know time's all i got is there
0: anything you're buying yourself for christmas uh with now that you're in the uh, title fight big opportunity
3: i you know i'm thinking about it i'm actually gonna get i'm thinking about getting a dog but then uh you know i'm having a kid, <laughs> my first having kid a in february so it's kind of like up in the air but
0: you know we'll see yeah, don't get a dog when you're having a baby. That's just, that, that, that's way too much undue stress on your girlfriend. I'm just just a heads up. I'm just get, telling you, as someone who had, I guess, a one or two year old dog when we had a baby, it's, it's not great. And they eat diapers. It's not fun. Oh, man.
3: Okay. I'll, I'll, think, I'll think about it a little bit harder then.
0: Yeah, it's a good idea. All right. Well, uh, best of luck to you this weekend uh, against Davis Infigurator on the main event.
3: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me.
0: He's to be joined now by one of the top contenders in the women's flyweight division. It's Cynthia Calvillo. I'm actually surprised you're not the top contender when Jennifer Maya beat Joanne Calderwood. I thought you might sneak
4: right in there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. I think that, you know, that was a gamble JoJo took. She had the title shot, and when she chose to take that short notice fight against Jennifer Maya, that's something that she was putting on, you know, on the line. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with waiting a little bit. Obviously, I still wanted to cement my spot here in the flyweight division, but the ultimate goal is to get to that title shot, and hopefully after this fight, that's what I'll get.
0: You mentioned cementing your spot. Uh, Jessica Andrade just had a great debut in the flyweight division, but uh, a win over Caitlin Chukagian after a win over Jessica I I think, would certainly cement your position.
4: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I beat the number one contender. That I'm, now I'm beating the number one two contender. I mean, we're Oscar I go, you know? So definitely I do feel like if if I'm getting these racks up against the number one and the number two, then I should rightfully get that title shot.
0: I know, obviously, you're going to take Caitlin Chikagian seriously, but do you like the fact that you're getting her off of a first round loss?
4: No, not at all. And like, you know, some people actually are downplaying her for that, but it's, she didn't take any real damage. You know, it's kind of like... You know, when you lose by a body shot, it kind of sucks, you know, and even like if it's a submission, because it's, it's not like you got super beat up, you got caught. And then, you know, the, the only thing you want to do is you want to hurry up and get back in there to make it right. So I'm not expecting her an easy fight or anything from Kaylin. I'm actually expecting her to come out here and, you know, make up for that fight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, when when she was rebooked, I was like, wow, she just got stopped in the first round. And then I remembered it was a it was a liver shot, right? So that shuts yeah. down your system for a couple of minutes, <laughs> maybe a exactly. minute, and then you're you're back and ready to go. So I guess that's why she took the quick turnaround. Yeah. Have you ever taken a liver shot like that, where your system just shuts down and you have to curl up into a ball?
4: In training, it's definitely been a couple times where I got hit, and I would say one time in one fight it did happen, but it didn't. I was able to like recover it for a fine. It didn't like completely make me ball up, but. um, it's definitely happened in training before
0: (laughs) yeah i I can't imagine that's a lot of fun i was thinking about it the other day i was like if you could just take a one punch knockout you probably wouldn't remember it quite as much as taking a really bad liver shot where you're just like writhing in pain for a couple minutes and actually feeling what's going on
4: yeah it's because it's like man it's just one of those things where it like hits you and it's like oh it's just sucking the air out of you and it's frustrating because it's not like oh you know, what if this person's better than me or not? What if I just got caught? I'm not saying that, you know, obviously a body shot's great. It's actually, uh, you know, there's nothing, you know, to take away from that. But if it happens to you, it definitely sucks.
0: <laughs> You're now living in Las Vegas. You have to move away from family, you decided to relocate uh, to Las Vegas. How's that been for you? How have you been enjoying living in, uh, you know, the city that never sleeps?
4: Um, it, It's been good. I actually don't really go to the strip very much. So I, I just train, you know, I, I, go to training and I go home and I hang out with my dog and that's what I do it's the same thing I'd be doing anywhere else in the world um nothing really changes just the location and probably like the atmosphere as far as like the people around me but it's been going great it's it's awesome to have the UCPI it's it's so much so much help
0: yeah it's funny people think that when you live in Las Vegas you're just going out to casinos all the time but the people that live in Las Vegas live off the strip and it's just like you said you know you go to Whole Foods you go to the local plaza it's uh just like living anywhere else
4: yeah, no, exactly. So that was the one of the things that I was, like, worried about. I was like, man, I'm going to be out in the desert. There's going to be all these distractions and stuff. But, um, no, it's a, it's actually, you know, better. You know, I, I really like it out here. I had no intentions of moving over here. It wasn't until, like, after the Jessica fight and I needed to come out here to get some, you know, PT done at the, at the UFC PI. And after, you know, being here for so long, for like the first two, three weeks, I was like, man, this is where I need to be, especially during COVID restrictions. Right now, California is really bad. Like the gyms get shut down all the time. And, you know, I I don't I don't have that physical therapy or those things that are available to me that are here, which is such a game changer. So I was like, you know, what, just you just got to move here. You know, like for me, anywhere my dog and my truck is, that's where home is. So it it was all right moving out here.
0: Where have you been training uh, when you've been in Las Vegas?
4: Um, I've been training um, at Tenth Planet and at Extreme and at the UFCPI.
0: So, so you've been training at a lot of different places. So, who's gonna be in your corner this uh, this coming weekend?
4: Uh, I'm gonna have my striking wizard coach, uh, coach Jimmy Gifford, and then Coach Casey uh, from Tenth Planet, and then I'm gonna have my really awesome training partner, uh, Puni. Um, I don't know how to say his last name because it's hard to
0: pronounce. <laughs> Puna Soriano?
4: <laughs> no, not Puna Soriano. We'll, we'll, we'll call it Puni Little Puna.
0: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, so you've, you've been enjoying uh, this, this relocation process, uh, but how valuable is it to have the PI for you at your disposal at all times?
4: I mean, it's they do your nutrition. It's awesome, you know, and also they have the strength and conditioning on top of that. They also have like uh sports psychologists there available to you. Um, It's just it's it, they take care of a lot of things, man, that, you know, you have your physical therapy, your strength and conditioning, your nutrition. And if you need some sports psychology, you know, like it's all there. Um, We're really lucky that the UFC, uh, the UFC provides this for us.
0: You know, it's funny. You're now at 125. At 115, it was hellacious for you to make weight, I'm sure. I'm sure now you're looking back and me like, man, I should have been here all along.
4: Yeah, I feel a little guilty with the amount of food that I get to eat. And the funny part about it is because I think the stresses that we have for making weight makes us hold the weight more. And so now I'm eating way more than I would be at straw weight, walking around the same weight. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty nuts. It's definitely, um, I'm happy that I made this decision. I was a little bit stubborn because... Um, I'm a big fan of the strawweight division. I think it's super competitive. I, I, I feel like it's the deepest division, you know, the female division. And so I was a little bit stubborn. I wanted to, you know, get the belt there and then move up to flyweight. Uh, but after having my mishaps, I was like, okay, I got I to gotta come to the last These last two weight cuts, I mean, I'm just like, well, like, honestly, feel pretty guilty. I've been eating pancakes for breakfast. Um, I don't think I'd be able to do that in other five caps.
0: Well, I'll say the women's flyweight division was boring at first. You know, I hate to put it that way, but there wasn't a whole lot going on. It didn't seem like there was a lot of great competition for Valentina Shevchenko. You come along, Jessica Andraj comes along. You're starting to see a lot of new up-and-comers in the division. It seems like the flyweight division is more interesting than ever and just continues to, to add more and more players.
4: Yeah, no, I love it. I love that it's shaping up like this. That was one of my bigger issues, too, like being at 115 and like, wanting to go up to 125s because it didn't seem too, too appealing to me i'd be like man i want to be the champion of the baddest women's division and for me that was the strawway division and i didn't i felt like the flyweight division is still fairly new everybody that got put in the top 10 were just like people that were automatically from the ultimate fighter it wasn't something that was like kind of like like earned i'm not i'm not saying like taking away that they wouldn't be there but it was just a lot easier to get ranked once you were in the ultimate fighter and you know so uh, it's it's definitely getting a lot better a lot spicier for sure
0: who do you think is the most beatable women's champion right now?
4: Oh, man, that's a tough one. I don't know. We got some I mean, I mean you can't man, there's no all these champs are are very dominant. I mean, Lee, you got Valentina, then you got the two weight class champ, Amanda Nunez. I can't I don't even have an answer for that. that I don't know who's the more beatable one.
0: <laughs> well, I'll say this. Wei Li is ranked ahead of Valentina Shevchenko in the women's pound-for-pound, pound, and that's something that I really disagree with. I think that Valentina should probably be ranked above her. Do you agree with that?
4: I do. I do because Valentina has uh, definitely had more fights in the UFC, defended her, her her title a lot more times than Wei Li has. So, uh, you know, sometimes these, these rankings, they just don't make sense. But, you know, we, we know what's up. We You know, we're not taking away anything from the champs. That, I mean... I, I, obviously, everybody knows what Valentina has to bring to the table. Wei Lee, Madden Nunez, they're all great champs.
0: Yeah, I mean, your, your answer for who the most beatable champ is just goes to show uh, just how great these women's champions are right now and how high level they are. I think that that certainly speaks volumes about the, the quality of women's competition right now.
4: Yeah. No, I mean, it's super exciting. I mean, it motivates me. I don't, I don't want to go out there and be like, oh, you know, our champ on my division is shitty. I don't no. We got a beast of a champion, and it motivates me. And, I, you know, I can't wait to one day get my shot.
0: Yeah, th- this is an interesting time right now, and I think this event is great because it's showcasing both the men's and women's flyweight divisions, uh, both of which have had kind of an infusion of fresh breath of, breath of air, for example, with yourself and Andrade on the women's side, and then in the men's side with Davis and Figueroa becoming the champion. It's, it seems like these are really renewed divisions right now.
4: Yeah, no, I'm pretty stoked, you know, sometimes we'll have years like that, you know, where we'll just have like a reigning champ and like nobody, nobody's coming in to like make the division exciting. I think that's changing a lot. Uh, I love it. You know, every, every so year, it's like we have like these different eras of like, which division is like the best division, you know, more exciting to watch, you know, it, it, it always changes, you know, sometimes we have the baton weight, the, you know, the 35ers on fire, the heavyweights or something, you know, it goes on and off, depending on like, you know at that time being who the fighters are around
0: you mentioned that there's a sports psychologist at the uh the pi have you been using that uh that service
4: um i did like i, w- I was using them actually uh right before my last fight against lauren and then I probably literally had just met with them maybe once um, and I was supposed to still work with them. And then after I got COVID, I kind of like I, I hadn't gone back, but my plans is to. Um, I just think that my it was so many things going on for me right now, which is like through the times that I got COVID, I decided to finally I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to move to Vegas. So I was looking for a place. I didn't think I was going to get a fight rebooked this soon. I, you know, I. I thought that they weren't going to give me something until next year from what I was hearing. So I was kind of bummed out about that. So I was kind of more focusing on, like, you know, making my move here and getting that settled in. And then, boom, you know, I was able to get that, sh- that you know, get rebooked for a fight here, you know, three weeks later. So. It's kind of giving me not too much time to, like, really go look for, you know, uh, on the other stuff. So, I'm going to reconnect with him. um, But I think it's probably going to be right after this fight. I was just waiting to get everything settled in because I'm still, like, moving. I still have to go get my stuff from California after this fight.
0: A lot of people talk about how the, the more, more important opponent is not who's standing in front of them, but themselves. Um, what would you say is the thing that distracts you the most or the, the thing that you feel um, when when you're, I guess, having an internal monologue that you have to kind of push away?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's really easy. We are on our worst critics. Um, we train so hard and... You know, it's really easy to let that doubt sit in. Like for me, I'm never concerned with the, f- the person I'm fighting in front of. I I works really hard. I've, I've I've seen so many things. I've trained with some of the best in the world. There's nothing that they're gonna show do in front of me that I haven't seen before. It's more about making sure that you show up, that you're focused, and that you don't let any of the other outside distractions, you know, get in the way when you're about to compete. So it's it's really important to have really good focus and be present in the time and not to worry about the outcome of what's going to happen or what's this person saying or what do they think or you know so and so like it none of that should matter and so It's all about the voices in your head and making sure you keep that in track and that you don't let that get into your head before your fight. So um, I would definitely say that is definitely one of the toughest things for all fighters. It's not so much the opponent in front of them. It's like, you know, it's ourselves. It's the fight that we have with ourselves in our head before we go in there and fight.
0: Has there been a fight where you showed up that day and you were in your own head and you said, you know, this is going to be a tough day for me because I just can't, I can't click in. I can't dial in.
4: Um. No, I mean, there's different. There's definitely times where you know they every fight has felt different for me. Um, you don't even have time. Like you, you really learn how to focus and then really think about all, all those things where like I'm feeling down or maybe this is not enough. It's like for example, like the Jessica fight. You know, I got offered a, you know main event. It was a five round fight. I had two and a half weeks to get ready for that. To get ready. like that is crazy. Get ready for a five round fight in two weeks. Like, I didn't even have time to think about how that's not even, like, a good idea. It was, I have the opportunity in front of me. I'm going to do the best with what I have in front of me, and I didn't have time. I was like, sometimes you got to just go through it and, and not worry about any of that stuff. Get through the fight, and sometimes, like, all that just comes down at the end. There's been plenty of times where I have, like, a buildup, and I don't even have the time to really worry or let those thoughts get into my head. And it isn't until after the fight, and everything just kind of comes down on me. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, definitely it's, it's kind of like an art. It's a mental art you got to develop after having so many fights.
0: Yeah, I spoke to Paul Felder last week, who took a five round fight at 155 pounds yeah. or on whatever, four days notice. And I said, Does it make you feel better that basically, you know, you don't have time to think about any of this? You're in it now. It's, it's fight week. And he was like, Yeah, you know, it's, it, it is better that way because I can't get in my own head. I just don't have time. I'm not able to do it
4: exactly you don't even have time that's what i'm saying it's like you know i didn't have time to like sit there and think about like oh shoot like this is gonna be my first round fight you know main event gosh dang like i literally did not have time to even think about that like i wonder what it would have been like if i had like a eight nine week if probably would have definitely got into my head more um i've definitely been very successful every time i've gotten short notice fights (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, this is one of those occasions. It's a three-round fight this time. Caitlin Chukagian uh, with the opportunity to cement yourself as the top contender at flyweight. Best of luck to you this weekend, Cynthia, and I appreciate your time.
4: Oh, thank you. As always.
0: I'm now joined by Caitlin Chukagian looking to regain some footing in the flyweight division. Where do you think a win puts you if you are able to beat uh, Cynthia Calvio on Saturday?
2: Um, honestly, I think a win right now just kind of, uh, keeps me in my position, you know, after, obviously after the loss to Andrade, I think that she'll probably get the next title shot, but, um, you know, a win over here, will keep me in my position maybe after that or one more fight, whatever it is, and I'll, I'll get a second chance at the title.
0: In that fight with Andrade, the fight ending shot, is that the worst shot you've ever taken in a fight?
2: Uh, definitely not. It's a body shot, so, like... they're just annoying because they don't really hurt but it completely stops you for for you know about 30 seconds and then like as soon as it's over you're totally fine which is really annoying about that like as soon as the rest stopped it and I stood up I was like well now I'm fine but um yeah just the liver shot there just kind of that's unfortunately the hard part about it but uh, definitely not the hardest shot.
0: Yeah, well, after uh, you got this fight rebooked or this fight booked rather with Cynthia, I was like, wow, she just had a first round uh, knockout. And then, then I remember, oh yeah, it was a liver shot. So yeah. it sucks for like a minute and now you're, mm-hmm. you're right back on, on the train. You're able to train again and uh, you're right back out. I mean, that was a one round fight, right? So uh, that couldn't have taken all that much out of you.
2: Exactly. That's a, you know, when the liver shot happens, it, it sucks. You're like, oh, I'm fine. I want to keep going. So getting a short, uh, a short notice fight right after that is, was ideal for me in my situation.
0: Now, you've mentioned in recent interviews that people have made a lot of you saying that once you decide to start a family, you're going to uh, step away from fighting. You never really gave a timetable on that, right? So, uh, where's your head at on that right now?
2: Um, I don't have a timetable. It's kind of why I didn't give it to it. I think when you, if you have a specific time that you want to like stop fighting, then I think it's already too late. I think you should stop fighting. With um, that being said, I know it's kind of soon. You know, I wouldn't say, I don't know if that means one more fight, five more fights. I mean, at this rate, I, this is my fifth fight in a year. So, you know, it could be five more fights, but um, I don't want to give myself a timeline because I just kind of go based off of how I feel after each fight. Um, I, like I said, I don't have a specific number, you know, I'm still super excited to fight and I really want to do it. And then, you know, after a week after the fight, you know, I kind of evaluate it and see like, is it, do I want to keep going or, or not or what, you know, however I'm feeling. Cause i am feeling because you know, right now I'm still super, super motivated and super into it right now.
0: Do the results play a role in that? Like if you were to lose two in a row or something along those lines, three in a row, does that change your perspective on how much longer you want to do this for?
2: Um, definitely not, you know, for, for me and my situation, you know, I think it's something that people kind of overlook is the level of opponents that I have fought. And I fought this will be my fifth fight in a year and all except for one were top five opponents. One was a title fight. So a lot of active fighters that are crazy active aren't fighting the top five of their division. So, you know what I mean? Like if I have a loss here, it's like, I'm not losing, you know, I'm, i lost to Andrade. She was a former champ and you know, it was a body shot. It wasn't that big of a deal. So like, you know what I mean? A loss for me right now, I think is different than someone that would get like, you know, two losses you know, in the top 20 of the of their division.
0: I think you've said, you've told me in the past that your husband follows the odds for these events. Um, mm-hmm. The odds for this fight are disrespectful, in my opinion. I think that you should not be a plus 250 or whatever it is, underdog, Cynthia Calvillo. No disrespect to Cynthia, but it's more respect yeah. towards you and, and who you face, your level of competition, as you mentioned.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, of course, I, I saw that, and I was like, um... I don't understand that that's definitely I like had to check it twice I was like even asked my husband I'm like what's wait plus and minus which one's favorite (laughs) because I was so confused but uh but yeah whatever I mean when I fought Antonio Shevchenko I was kind of a I was like a decent size underdog and you know we saw how that went so obviously it doesn't matter um just most of my good friends are people that really know the sport hopefully I can make them some money
0: does your husband bet on you
2: for these fights no, he doesn't. I told him from the beginning when we started, I was like don't bet on me. And unless he doesn't doesn't tell me, which I don't think he would, uh he doesn't bet on me.
0: What's the biggest bet he's won on MMA? Has has he bet on uh, any of these fights before?
2: Um he usually he has like an interesting betting style. He'll bet on uh heavy favorites. So, you know, it's uh definitely more nerve-wracking. You would think like, oh, well, you're sure to win, but, you know, if you lose, you lose a lot of money. But um Usually, uh, Zabit is a good is a good uh, bet because he's usually a pretty heavy favor favorite, and um, you know someone like like Valentina for this fight would be a good bet for that. Or uh, usually, we do we were doing good with Aaron Pico, but then he had a couple where he was like a crazy crazy favorite, and then he got knocked out a few fights, so that were very surprising. So that kind of that kind of hurt us a little bit. But yeah, usually heavy favorites are kind of our our style.
0: Well, betting on Zabit has been a pretty foolproof method, I would imagine, at this point in time.
2: Yes, definitely. That's our that's our golden ticket. <laughs>
0: Do you train with Zabit? I guess he's from the same camp as you, and um, he's very long, and it must be interesting to get in there with him. You know, somebody of that body type, and and with his incredible array of styles.
2: Yeah, definitely. He trains with us. Under, we both train under Mark Henry, so it's kind of interesting. A lot of I like to watch him fight. I mean spar when we're at the gym everyone that trains at our at our gym is pretty pretty awesome to look at and the way we the way we work out um sparring is only two people go at a time so you have the opportunity to really sit there and watch some of these uh great fighters like Frankie Edgar and Zabit um you know I get to watch them and but because Zabit is a long rangy striker I like to try to pick apart what he does and luckily with Mark Henry he kind of will be like oh Zabit was doing this or you know you could do this and kind of go back and forth we have a similar body type so that's definitely definitely really good for me
0: who's the best gym fighter you've ever seen where you've watched them and you're like this person's just like a, a wonder
2: um i mean i feel like david's pretty good <laughs> you know usually if he's doing like four rounds of sparring he pretty much needs uh he needs four different sparring partners you know and maybe an extra backup person just in case something happens so yeah probably him do you think it's safe to say he's a future champion one day Uh, yeah, I think so. I think if he could just, uh, you know, be more active, it kind of sucks with everything going on. Uh, but yeah, definitely.
0: So going back to what you said before about, uh, potentially starting a family at some point in time, obviously, I mean, I'd say it's sooner rather than later if you look at the grand scope of things in terms of your life, but is this something where Mm -hmm. you have a conversation after every fight with your husband and say, you know, like, you know, I'm going to do this and then we'll go after, you know, take it one, one fight at a time.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's super supportive and he always like, you know, sometimes I want to, understand what he's thinking and like, you know, what he thinks, but he won't like budge and he wants it to be totally my decision since I'm the one going in there fighting and I'm the one that, you know, obviously carries the baby. But, uh but yeah, we kind of, um, you know, just take it. I say sometimes we take it one fight at a time and then people assume that that means I'm out, but it's like, like I said before, just not putting a timeline on it. You know, after my last fight, you could tell he was like a little unsure because obviously a loss, you know, you, you're upset about it. And then it was like a couple days later, he's like, well, What are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to sparring. And he's like, oh, Okay. Like, you could tell he was like, Okay, she's doing another one. Like, you know, it's been a couple of days and she's going to sparring. She's back on it. So um, I'm really appreciative of that, where he's just kind of like lets me make the decision. So yeah, we're just kind of going with the flow right now. I'm still, still, like I said, after my last bite, I was like, oh, I definitely want to do it again. I'm not going to, I'm not ready to stop. So who knows? You just take it day by day.
0: Are you worried about that part of your life at all? I mean, you, this is what you know right now. Fighting is something that you are a fighter. This is what you do day in and day out. Are you worried about having to basically walk away and say, you know, well, that that's it for that. Close that door. And now this is the next chapter of my life. Because that can be daunting, you know, leaving the thing that you, you're so familiar with.
2: Yeah, um, I'm not I'm really worried about that. I mean, I'm so happy with my life outside of fighting, you know. Um, I always say, I'm like, if something happened and I had like an injury where I could never fight again or never train again, like I would still, I would obviously miss it. And that doesn't mean that I don't love it, but, um, you know, I've been competing my whole life and martial arts will always be a part of my life. So even if, uh, you know, I have kids and I'm retired, I'll definitely be training jujitsu as much as possible. And, uh, you know, helping out other fighters and, you know, kind of being that old, old lady in the gym, like years down, years down the line and being like, you know, this is what I used to do. blah blah blah, And they probably think I'm crazy, but, um, no, I'm definitely I'm happy with other parts of my life besides just fighting. I'm not just a fighter. I have a whole whole other part of my life.
0: What's your favorite thing about being a fighter? Like what what's the thing you most look forward to and most enjoy?
2: Um, just like the grind of like having a an intense goal and setting it, like, you know, I love being in camp and like being super like grinding out for one super, one fight grinding it out the whole time getting tired and then you know the reward at the end just is so great you know if i just went every day just not super motivated and didn't have something like that it, it you know it would be kind of kind of sucky for me
0: one thing that's been a trend in the flyweight division is women that have fought at 135 when they face women that had fought previously at straw weight at 115 the women that are the the larger fighters that used to fight at Bantamweight tend to have a bit of an advantage there. Do you think you're going to have a pretty good size advantage, range advantage, all of those things that, um, you know, Cynthia Calvillo will will be, I guess, at a deficit? Do you think that those are going to be the key to this fight?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, for me... Even when I fought at one thirty-five, my height advantage is 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 always there. So I think every fight I have, no matter who it is, I have a, a height advantage and a reach advantage, and that's something that I've been working on since I started fighting is how to utilize that. So um, yeah, I definitely think uh, I have the advantage there. I mean, Cynthia was a straw weight, but she fought at fought at flyweight against Jessica I, and she didn't seem like she she didn't seem too small for the division. She seemed like she held her weight pretty. Pretty, pretty good, and Jessica, I used to fight at Bantamweight, so um, I think size-wise, we're probably the same, but my reach advantage will definitely play a factor in this fight, as it always does.
0: What do you think went wrong in the last fight? Because you look at your height advantage over Andrade, it was a monstrous advantage. I mean, Andrade is probably one of the, sh- the shortest flyweights. It's un- it's unbelievable to me that she used to fight at Bantamweight, but uh, she's one of the smaller flyweights. Um, what do you think went wrong in that particular fight?
2: Um, You know, I think it just, uh, I started, maybe started a little slow, and uh, you know, she got me with a body shot. I had, she, I knew she her game plan was to try to push me against the cage and take me down. And she took me down and then I almost submitted her. Then I came up and then she took me down again and I easily got back up. So, you know, I think that unfortunately I got hit with the, with the body shot, but I landed a nice elbow when, when I did the body shot. So it was super close. I mean, it could have, you know, if that didn't happen and if I would have had like, you know, two more seconds and, you know, who knows what the second and third round would have been. I didn't feel like that, even though she took me down twice, I didn't think that I was overpowered and I was confident on the ground if I got taken down again.
0: All right, well, show those oddsmakers that they were wrong when you faced Cynthia Calvillo this weekend. We look forward to watching it. Appreciate your time.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Well, Chaos Williams does not get paid by the hour in the Octagon. He gets paid by the second. And uh, another fast knockout of uh, another Fortis MMA uh, product. They're going to have to reconsider signing in the dotted line when your name comes across their desk. Congratulations on such a big win. And uh, tell me about how it's changed your life over the last couple of days.
5: You know, it's all, uh, everything that I've uh, been doing over the years, is just just coming to life, you know. Uh, But like Drake said, you know, no, this is fame, not clout. You know, we getting there. Um, you know, I'm just blessed. You know, I'm just humble. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna continue to stay humble. I'm gonna continue to just keep grinding and just keep winning, you know, and uh just keep 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 putting my stamp on this division, keep putting my stamp in history and my legacy, you know. I should mention I told you that I'm
0: from Toronto before this interview, so it was nice of you to drop a Drake bar right off the top. Like I, I appreciate that.
5: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: Well, what about the uh, the rappers from Detroit? You're mentioning Meek Mill, Jay Z, Drake. Any Royce the Five Nine love? Uh, D12. I mean, no, man. man. not not Royce,
5: man. You know, it's a lot of other, a lot of other Detroit rappers and stuff like that. You know that I can relate to, and you know that I listen to. Also, you know, I do business with, or you know, some of my homies do business with. You know, I don't want to leave nobody out, and just specifically shout nobody out. But uh, you know, I will say Royce Five Nine, not not one I would shout out.
0: All right. Well, fair enough. I don't know. I don't know why he rubbed you the wrong way, but we'll 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 move oh, I on didn't, from that.
5: You put him out there.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I, I apologize for uh, for putting him out there. I know there are a lot of really good up and coming rappers from Detroit. 2019 was a big year for Detroit uh, rappers.
5: Mm hmm. A lot of talent.
0: Well, you're uh, one of the talents that's uh, in Detroit right now, of course, from the MMA community yourself. Jamal Hill, uh, he's fighting in a couple of weeks. Are you planning on staying out in Las Vegas until he comes down there?
5: Uh man, I might I might end up staying out here to Jamal here, or I might come back. But uh, I definitely want to see I, I definitely want to see that. You know, I want to be out here for my bro. You know,
0: I I like that you think big. You know, after somebody wins a fight, they usually ask for a bonus or they want to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. You asked to work with Jay Z and Meek Mill, so it's it's nice that you're shooting for the stars. But have you heard back from uh, either of their camps?
5: No, I haven't. I haven't. But yeah, man, you know, sky the limit. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you know the saying, man. You know, we gotta we gotta shoot for the stars, even if I don't uh even if I we gotta shoot for the stars, even if I Breach the Stars when I mean, I'm still on the top of the building somewhere.
0: Well, I mean, you might as well. This is something that aired on ESPN+. Plus. It was the co main event, it was a highlight real finish. Uh it, you know, it goes viral on social media, you never know who ends up seeing that.
5: Yeah, you're right. And it was on Sports Center, I've seen it on Sports Center uh number one play. On uh, on Snapchat and stuff too.
0: Yeah, when you see, see something like that, let's let's say you go back to your hotel room, you turn on ESPN, and you're the number one highlight of the day. How does that make you feel?
5: Man, you know, like I said, man, it's just, it's just it's a blessing, man. I'm just happy. At the end of the day, the, I can't get comfortable, though. You know, I never get comfortable. Um, I never admire my work too long. I had an interview right after my win, and I couldn't think of the word I was looking for, and my word was admire. I, I, you know, I, I never get comfortable. I can't admire my work too long. You know, I just got to continue to keep doing it, outdoing myself. You know, I've had thirty second knockouts. I've had twenty second knockouts. I've had, you know, stuff like that. Submissions, um, under a minute. You know, I've 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 been doing this. You know, I've blue blue checks on clothes, on suits, and you know, designer designer stuff and cars and all that. You know, and clubs and just having fun. So you know, I continue to just just get wiser.
0: You mentioned blue checks. Where's the blue check on Twitter? I went and looked today, and you're not verified yet. What's going on?
5: Man, yeah, man. We need to go ahead and say something about that, man. You know, I asked the uh, media. They said, they guess, I guess they're not doing it, giving it out through the pandemic. But, you know, they got it. They go ahead, man. They need a quick plan, man. Give me that blue check, man. It might reach me Kim Jay-Z. <laughs> well, uh, that Dude.
0: would certainly be nice to see something you certainly earned. You know, last time we spoke, uh, I think it was in Houston was the last time you competed. I spoke to you uh, after you won that fight and uh I had heard from some people backstage that you had a, you've had quite the uh, the upbringing in detroit um you know you've had to overcome a lot of hurdles in your life you've gotten into a into a lot of fights uh you know previous to your m m a career just out in the streets of detroit um do you feel like you've arrived now is is was this weekend when you finally felt like you' you've arrived
5: yeah definitely you know the first one you know the first one it was it was to let people know I'm here, and this one was more important than my debut just because you know, a lot of people, they were sleeping on me. A lot of people, they was talking stuff. Like I always said, you got the haters and you got the congratulators. And people, oh, he was sloppy or that was this or that was that. That knockout, it wasn't tight or technical and stuff like that. Man, it's not about that. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a way around the fighter and they're going to see that. But the thing about it is, at the end of the day, you know, I got the job done. And people want to see knockouts. People want to see the job being done. I went in and I did the job. The first fight, you know, I was hungry. The second fight, I knew who I was up against. I knew he was a dangerous opponent. I knew he had knockout power in both hands. He got 10 first-round knockouts, you know, so I knew that I had to be more technical. I had to really be more tight. And like I said, he made a mistake he had to pay. And that could go for anybody. And uh, the second fight, it was definitely more important to me just to let people know, like, I'm here. That first one, it wasn't wasn't no lucky punch. You know, I've been doing this, and I'm here, and I'm going to keep doing this. I know I'm not about to knock everyone out. Sometimes it might be a battle. Sometimes, some people I might have to just submit. Or I might have to TKO. Or we might have to go to decision. But at the end of the day, every every time I'm in there, they're going to get the best me. And they better pack their lunch.
0: If you were to go back in time 10 years ago and tell a 16-year-old Chaos Williams that you would be the number one highlight on Sports Center one day, what would you have
5: said? Sure. Really, man, you know, I would have just said, uh, you know, just... What my mindset is now, you know, my mindset, everything I've been through, pushed me to be who I am today. So I would have just told myself to just, uh, you know, just, just trust the process. Just trust the process. You know, continue to just keep God first. And, you know, just, just, just stay humble, stay down, and just stay hungry. You know?
0: What was your life like 10 years ago? I, what have you had to overcome to get to where you are today?
5: Man... So much, man. You know, so much. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to me. That's why I say the people's chant because I came from the struggle. You know, uh, man. Like for real, I was down to my knuckles, man. I've been homeless. You know, I've uh, I've overcome adversity. I've been locked up. Um, all that, man. You know, it's just so much stuff, man. You know, I don't really want to get too deep. You know, a lot of you know when I when I speak, I speak to the people. When I give the people hope, I give them life. You know, especially a lot of people that know where I came from. You know, I didn't have a a large support system. I had to make people believe in me by my work ethic. I had to make people believe in me by winning, by doing what I'm doing now. You get what I'm saying? They didn't see it. A lot of people they were sleeping on my potential, and I'm gonna just keep outdoing myself. That's why I stay grounded and I just stay hungry, and I just keep keep grinding, and we're just gonna keep getting better and better, and we're just gonna keep setting records and we're just gonna keep winning.
0: What was the turning point for you, where you decided to to dedicate yourself to this and make this where your life was gonna go?
5: Uh, like I said, when I started six years ago, I started six years ago. I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and um, my first fight, I just loved it. You know, I fell in love with mixed martial arts. and I just, but like, I just gotta keep getting better. You know, I, I took a loss, and uh, I didn't like it. You know, I hate to lose more than I love to win. So when I took that loss, it just made me grow even it, even better. Like it made me even. Um, more focused, like man, I just gotta keep getting better. I gotta keep getting better, you know. I want to outdo myself. I want to be a, a a complete fighter, and that's this this is what it takes, you know. It's a hard work and dedication. And then on top of that, like I was giving people, like everybody got their problems. Everybody got something that they love to do in life, you know. For example, Kobe Bryant, his his was basketball, but he gave people hope and inspire people through his dedication and hard work through basketball you get what i'm saying and it's like rest in peace as well like nifty hustle you know he gave people a lot of hope through his music you know so me i do it through my fighting everybody got their calling everybody got their purpose And, and me i just do it through fighting
0: so when you say that what what is it about fighting that makes you feel um like you're either at peace or or you're where you should be
5: Cause man, you know, I just feel like I was made for this, man. I just love it. I get in there and I just, you know, I, you know, Clark, Clark King turned turn into Superman in there, you know, it's it, it, the lights on me, man. You know, I feel like I was just made for the spotlight. Like I said, I was a diamond in the rough, just waiting to be buffed off and shown to the world. Now here I am, being shown to the world. So it's just, it's just, it's just a natural feeling, you know. Do you like it's not the- ball. It's, it's not like football. It's not like football. You know we in there. Ain't nobody you can't cheat fighting. You can't play boxing. You can't play MMA, UFC. You get what I'm saying? You can't play it. It's we in there. It's killer be killed. So you know, um, hey, all the spotlight on you.
0: Do you embrace that? Do you embrace the attention that you've been uh, you've been getting from uh, all of the success?
5: Definitely, man. You know it's a lot of hard work and dedication. You know a lot of a lot of uh, there's a lot of time spent into it. You know behind the scenes that people don't see. You know. It's simple, but it's not easy, and here I am. So I definitely, uh, I'm definitely embracing it. I'm definitely grateful.
0: You got another $50,000 bonus. It's your second one in your second fight in the <laughs> UFC. How much does that change your
5: life? What does that do for you? I mean, it, I mean, it's not. It, it's nothing that's going to make or break me. You know, I'm definitely grateful. But, uh, you know, I'm going to take that. Like I said, man, I'm going to use that and invest it to make some more money.
0: What are you going to invest it in, if you don't mind me asking?
5: Uh, property, real estate, Detroit, Detroit.
0: Yeah, I used to work with uh, Morris Peterson, and Morris Peterson um, bought a bunch of pro- – do you know who Morris Peterson is for the former Toronto Raptor, Michigan State?
5: Uh, uh-uh.
0: Yeah, he he was a basketball player for the Raptors that went to Michigan State. He's from Flint. And he uh, he invested a bunch in, in real estate in Flint back when the market was really low, and he's, he's done really well on it. So uh, that's something that – uh, certainly, is a good opportunity if you're able to invest in, in property in, in that area. I know that's an up and coming area. Definitely. Yeah, I was talking to you before that before we started about Detroit and how how people that are from Detroit are a different breed of people. You know, I I've, I've never been to a city where people are so proud of being from that city. Um, so what does it mean to be somebody who's from Detroit, and to, is is it somewhere you want to stay for your entire career and continue to train
5: in Detroit? I mean, the thing about it, man, you know, so much history man you know you you, i love detroit man it's a great it's a great city man you know um at the end of the day i don't know what the future may hold you know it's a little cold in the winter time so i might you know i might i might be out here in vegas a little bit more i might be in cali a little bit more you know i like i like i like the heat i enjoy the heat but also you know i run in i ran in um in the snow you get what i'm saying i'm hungry like coming up you know you can go back on my instagram like, years ago and see me running to, you know I'm saying, one of my managers' house with my coach at the time. um, in his house, you know what I'm saying, in, 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 in the snow. So, I mean, you know, I love it, man. I'm going to keep grinding, you know. A lot of people, they give me a lot of good work, you know, uh, as far as my jiu-jitsu coach, the boxing gym, stuff like that. You know, I get a lot of love, man, the people's gym, man. They love me, man. I got the whole mitten on my back, man. So, the thing about it is, you know, I don't really want to just leave the city, but,
4: you never, like I said, you never know
5: what the future may hold.
0: Your nickname is the Ox Fighter. Tell me a little bit more about that.
5: When I was coming up, like, I used to always, like, slap box, you know, grapple, wrestle, you know, with the homies and stuff like that. And they was just like, man, you strong like an ox. And uh, people were like, man, the ox, they was just like the ox, calling me the ox. And I just put the fighter on it, you know, ox fighter.
0: Do you know that there was a previously an ox in the uh, UFC, somebody who had that nickname?
5: Nope.
0: The ox, Dongi Yang. He was a Korean fighter.
5: No.
0: <laughs> but he's gone now. And now Ox is your nickname, the Ox Fighter. Chaos Williams. I appreciate your time. Right. Thank you for doing this. No problem. It's a big week for the Iridium Sports Agency, and that's why I'm joined by Jason House, who has Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval, the Battle of the Brandons in the Flyweight Division, and of course the main attraction, the flyweight division, and the main event, Alex Perez. So this is your second UFC fighter to fight for a title the first being Joe Soto who took the fight on very short notice you've actually got somebody with a full camp this time
6: <laughs> yeah yeah we also have uh Louis Cosi on this card and I'm very excited for him to make his UFC debut as well I think him and his brother Ryan were um two of the biggest prospects to come off contender series this year
0: yeah the contender series uh has drawn a lot of really good talent um who else did you have on on the show this year
6: we, I think we almost had like, like 30 athletes uh, on this year's contender series. I believe we had uh, 12 contracts. Um, you know, uh, Adrian Nez made his debut a couple weeks ago and had a, had a great start into his career. Um, I feel like some of the talent that has come off the show is, is going to be amazing this year.
0: Yeah, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but Yanis to me looks like a, a future title challenger in his own right. But uh, what I want to ask you about is when you got the, the call that Alex Perez was going to be stepping in. Uh, I spoke to Alex about it yesterday when you called him and, and what that was like. But you were in Abu Dhabi at the time. How did it, how did it all go down?
6: Yeah, Mick had called me and said, hey, um, Cody Garbrandt's out. I spoke with the brass at the UFC and uh, we're going to go with Alex Perez. Obviously, it really caught me off guard at the time I was at the beach uh, with uh, the, the Factory X team at, on Fight Island, and uh, it was really surreal. It was a really surreal moment. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I called Alex right away, and uh, to be able to share that news for him uh, is inexplainable is that emotion. Um, obviously, for me, I was obviously torn as well because, you know, I also had to give a phone call to, to Brandon Moreno. And let him know that you know perez was was chosen for the call so it's kind of a, a really a situation where you have a high and you have a low at the same time it definitely was um uh, a new feeling for me yeah that's a tough <clears>
0: one <throat> because between alex and brandon moreno that's a coin flip in my opinion as to who would have gotten that that i don't think there's a clear person you could denominate between those two
6: yeah it, it, they're they're both uh some of the some of the best fighters in the world at, at flyway and um you know, I'm just thankful that we work with such uh, amazing people. I mean, Brandon took it with such class. Uh, Alex handled it with class. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just grateful to be working with, with both of them.
0: So to put it into perspective as to what it's like for you to have uh, somebody in the main event fighting for the title, how many fighters do you have on the UFC roster right now? I, I, I would guess it's in the 70 to 80 range. Am I wrong on that?
6: Yeah, I believe we, we just cracked 90. Uh, oh. I'd have to, to go back and check, but I, I believe we're at 90 right now.
0: Yeah, so that's a good chunk of the UFC roster because the UFC roster is what, about 700?
6: yes yes <laughs> so
0: you represent like 13 or 14 percent of the ufc roster that's a pretty big deal but th- that's why i think this is such a big deal that alex is in the main event fighting for a title it's you you've got so many people in the ufc right now it just goes to show how difficult mm. it is to get into that spot um and alex you know most people are going to say he's going to make history uh as the first contender series fighter to uh be in the title fight and possibly win the title but if he wins the title he's also the first iridium sports um roster member to win the title so what would that mean to you and your business
6: uh it, it's very emotional for me that this week I've just been overwhelmed of a lot of emotion I was just telling my wife this this morning because it's when you've been with someone since their very first fight and you've been through the roller coaster that is mixed martial arts uh to have the opportunity on Saturday night to reach the pinnacle to reach that mountaintop uh I can't even put into words what, what I'm feeling I mean Alex and I uh, have been through so much together um I think one of the the best feelings is that everyone on our agency team has had a, has had a hand in this with Alex, right? I mean, my partner Jeremy Lukow has known Alex probably since he was a sophomore in high school, maybe a freshman in high school. So this isn't someone that we've just had for, for a few, you know, uh, for for a short period of time. Uh, we've been with Alex since uh, day one, and um, you know, we're very blessed to to be a part of this journey with him. Uh, to going all the way from you know the local local fights you know he, he came up in the Tachi Palace scene, uh fought in RFA uh got his opportunity to contender series i mean he he stayed persistent not many people know this but he was the main event of an RFA event he won um didn't get a call fought another fight on a, on a, i think it was CFFC where he was on uh Dana White looking for a fight uh won didn't get the call and then that summer The contender series opportunity came, you know, he won won in in, in an amazing fashion and then finally got his call to to the UFC. So it's been a journey for Alex Perez uh, just even to get to the UFC and now to make it to this opportunity to to win the belt on Saturday. Uh, It's awesome.
0: Absolutely, and I think he's got a fantastic chance against Davison Figueiredo. Uh, I know Davison is probably about a 3-1 favorite. I, just, I don't think those odds are indicative of just how talented Alex is. You know, I, I mentioned Alex yesterday. There's a good shot he'd be undefeated if not for an incidental clashing of heads against Joe Benavides. I mean, that, that changed the entire uh, scope of that fight. And he says he doesn't loom on that, but that, I, I think that's reality.
6: I completely agree. I, I, I think we are one headbutt away from, from being undefeated in the UFC and uh, you know, for us, we've really just been focused on the process. I think one thing that I've been really impressed with Alex uh, throughout this camp and this fight week is is just staying focused on the process. You know, getting here is great, but uh, we plan on winning that belt on Saturday night, and we have a great game plan in mind. And you know, I'm really impressed with how this week's going so far with Alex, and I, I just truly believe come Saturday night, uh, the odds makers will be proven wrong.
0: <laughs> well, I uh, I don't I don't want to take anything away from Benavides. I don't know if. Alex would have won that fight. But, I mean, the same thing happened to Benavidez's first fight against Figueredo. Unintentional clashing of heads altered the course of that fight. So, I mean, you, you just don't know how it would have played out. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, when something like that happens. And that's why I think it's good that there's now replay uh, in Las Vegas. So you, can, you can go back and look at these things.
6: hundred percent agree. Like, I, Joseph Benavidez is a, is a class act. You know, he's been a, a favorite, fighter, favorite fighter of mine for years. Coming up, watching him through WEC. You know, I'm not, not trying to take anything away from him at all. I do think it did alter the fight. But I mean, like I said, Joe's, Joe's been a, a classy guy through and through. His career has been phenomenal. I think he's a, he's a Hall of Famer for sure.
0: Yeah, Joe's the epitome of class. I, I agree with you on that for sure. And uh, just an overall great guy. Um, in terms of uh, this past weekend, Chaos Williams, what a performance by him. Co main event, his second fight in the UFC. Uh, four to seven of <laughs> guys. I've got to stop signing the contracts for this guy because it's two four to seven of guys in less than a minute being dispatched by Chaos Williams. I'd ask how you reacted to the win, but it was on episode one of Embedded, so I got to see how you reacted <laughs> to the win.
6: You know, uh, I feel like Chaos's win is is a good start to what's going to happen this weekend. You know, I think Kay was the biggest underdog on the main card. I think Alex is as well. And uh, you know, in regards to Chaos, he he is just such a great guy. I love his mentality. I was just telling uh, someone earlier this week. I believe his mentality is what se- separates him uh, from a lot from a lot of other fighters. It's just his ability to just stay focused on the task at hand, even through the pandemic even through all the adversity that he's been through in his life. Um, he has just kept coming forward, kept trucking, and I believe that's why he is where he is today. You know, if you look at a lot of his posts, he, he always says, out the mud, and that really resonates with me, because if you really look at Chaos' journey to the UFC, it, it's incredible. He, you know, the amount of adversity that he's faced in his life.
0: I mentioned that he's the second person with the nickname Ox. I mean, he's Ox Fighter. Do you know who the first Ox in the UFC is? He didn't know. I, get, I threw trivia at him.
6: No, I don't. <laughs>
0: the ox Dong-i, you know what? Dongi Yang from Korea, the ox.
6: Yes, that's right. Yes, I was <laughs> going to say.
0: <laughs> but you, you mentioned his mentality. The thing that I I pointed out after he won that fight was, you know, usually a fighter in their post-fight interview asks to be on Joe Rogan's podcast or for a bonus. He wanted to do business with JC and Meek Mill. just goes to show the the kind of aspirations <laughs> this guy has.
6: Oh, uh, Kay's been speaking his future into existence for a long time now. And... It, it wouldn't surprise me if we do do some collaborations with Meek Mill or Jay-Z, because uh, I just truly really believe in Kay and, and, and the journey that he's on right now.
0: Well, that certainly uh, spoke volumes in the co event to, to put away a guy like Al Hassan like that. Uh, knockout, knocking him out stiff is pretty uh, impressive. Even in, I'm sure, your wildest dreams, you wouldn't have imagined that that would have happened in that manner. But I mean... Obviously, you, you're giving your your fighter a great chance, no matter who they're against. But to, to see it happen like that, Al Hassan's a, a guy who is known for beating guys in the first round. Instead, turns the tables on him, and now he's probably going to get that same reputation going forward.
6: Yeah, you know, I have so much respect for uh, Razak, his team. In, in fact, you know, Coach Safe was one of the first people to call me and congratulate us on the win. That's just what's just what a class act he is in the program that he has at Fortis MMA. I definitely was expecting a war to occur on Saturday night. I have so much respect for Razak and, you know, in the career that he's put together so far. Uh, one thing about uh, Kay, though, is that, you know, he does have um, that eraser in his right hand, right? He does have uh, that, that power that you really can't uh, teach. And, um, you know, I felt that he came in very uh, calm and composed. He stuck to the game plan and he was able to pick his shot properly.
0: Absolutely. So, what what plans do you have for uh, the main event? Are you going to be in uh, Alex's corner? Where are you going to be when the main event taking place this Saturday? Uh,
6: we are having a viewing party at my house. Uh, we're going to watch it with friends and family. Um, I'm very excited. My my parents are coming uh, over to watch the fights. It's uh, really uh, special to me because I started this comp- this journey, this company, with my father uh, eleven years ago. So to to have this moment. Yeah, I can't even put into words. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that 30 for 30 on Jimmy V, but in that documentary, he tells a story about how his dad always said his bags were packed to win for when Jimmy made it to the final four and and won the national title. And it's kind of been an an ongoing, not a joke, but a saying in our our family, you know, that my dad's bags are packed. So uh, to have him here on Saturday is going to be amazing.
0: What was his involvement with the business early on?
6: You know, when I had uh, finished law school, I had an offer from the district attorney's office, I had an offer from a private firm. And I had kind of told my father, I said, man, I I just don't really feel fulfilled doing these two careers. I really wanted to try my hand at MMA. And uh, my father said, you know what, Uh, move back home, uh, study for the bar exam, pass the bar, and uh, let's give it two years together. And if it doesn't work after two years, uh, you know, at least you can say you tried and you'll never have a bad night's sleep. You know, that you, you know, you know, no left, no uh, stone unturned. And so, you know, I always thank my father for that because like I passed the bar exam and moved back home. I got a job at Outback Steakhouse. And basically for the first two years of the company, I'd work with my dad from, from nine to five on the company. And then I'd work at Outback from six to 10. And, him being a former business owner himself, he he really guided me and really taught me the, the X's and O's of, of how to run a successful business. And uh, he's been here every step of the way for me. Uh, you know, just last week, you know, I'm always calling him for advice or, you know, his opinion on, on situations. And uh, it, just, it, it just seems so fulfill, fulfilling for him to be here on Saturday night.
0: You, you said that If it worked in the first two years, that's when you'd continue with it. When did it work? Because a lot of people say, oh, I could represent fighters and get 10% or whatever it is. You know, it's it's an easy job. Getting people to sign on to your business and to buy into (laughs) you being a good agent and and having their best interest in hand, it is not easy. And that's why there's only a handful of agents that represent more than 10 fighters in the UFC. It's very difficult to build that business up. Within that two years, what was the first sign that you said, well, hey, this is going to work?
6: It's it's funny you asked this. So we st- uh, the official start date I believe the LLC was formed like in August of 2009, and so it was February of 2011. And I remember um, it being a Sunday, and I'm just telling my dad like I, I hey dad I need to borrow 1,200 bucks to pay the bills this month. And I remember just being so defeated like about a year and you know year and a half in almost, and I just wasn't getting anywhere. I was just so defeated. And I remember just thinking like, man, maybe it's time to, to go get this law firm job. I'm seeing a lot of my colleagues from law school. They're driving nice cars. They got nice homes. They're building their career. Here I am living at home. I'm serving tables at night and I'm having to borrow money from my father who's already spent given me you know, uh, all of his time and energy to make this work. And uh, that Monday – uh Sean Shelby hit me up on an email and he said what is Ruben Duran doing and I must have said something so I think I said something so cheesy like waiting for your call sir or something something so dumb you know I look back on I, I always laugh at and uh he signed Ruben and Ruben was the game changer he was the trailblazer he was the catalyst uh he was the one that opened that door for me because he went out there fought Takemitsu Gakki on short notice put on an amazing scrap Sean was really impressed and then from there, it kind of became, who else do you have? And then that's when the ball really started rolling, right, with Bobby Green and then Francisco Rivera and then Eddie Yagen and Shane Rosario, uh, Ian McCall. The list just grew, and it, it really catapulted me, and that's, that's when I knew that we had made it. And it's so funny because my commission on that fight, I believe, was close to what I'd owed my father, and it it was exactly what I needed at that moment in time. It, it couldn't have been a better lifeline. It couldn't have been a better sign, and I always uh, look back to that moment and just think like, man, uh, you know, because that was Valentine's weekend. I remember thinking, heading into that weekend like, man, I don't even have money to take my girlfriend at the time to on a Valentine's dinner date, let alone get her a gift. And uh, it just couldn't have come at a better time.
0: That's an incredible story. And uh, it's been great watching uh, all your success. And uh, I mean, 95 fighters in the UFC, that is a, a pretty remarkable number. Uh, and uh, just can, continued success for you. Best of luck uh, to your client, yeah. Alex Perez, this weekend. I mean, the, your work is done. <laughs> he, he's the one who's got to deliver now, but uh, it's great to see an Iridium Sports uh, fighter in the main event, and uh, hopefully many more to come over the years.
6: Yeah, no, we're, we're very excited. I think this card really um, just shows how great the flyweight division is, and that's, uh, that's a testament to, to Mick Mater and the job that he's done in building this division. I think I think uh, Brandon Moreno and Brandon Royval is the featured fight on ESPN. That's a, I mean, that's huge for us to be uh, the basically the main event on free TV and then to have a main event flyweight title fight for a division that was uh, being heavily discussed to be uh, canned a few years ago. Now, now it's back and alive and well. I'm just very grateful for the opportunities and thankful for everything that Mick's done for it.
0: It seems that Cody Garbrandt's gonna get the next shot. Uh, that that's at least what had been mentioned uh in different reports. Um I know that the winner of Moreno and, and Royval is probably the the rightful next contender, but do you do you feel like Cody getting a shot makes sense from a promotional standpoint?
6: I mean I definitely understand uh the thought process behind it. Cody's a star. He he's very mainstream in, in, in the society today. Um he's a great guy. You know, I've always been a been a fan of his as well. Um, but I really, truly feel come Saturday night when Royval Moreno uh, do the man dance, I think people are going to really uh, be motivated to say that the number one contender is the winner of that fight.
0: Man dance. I've never heard that before. It's like, it's like moon dance, like uh, Van yeah. but uh, We call it the man dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, with with Royval, though, you know, a lot of people are talking about Hamza Shemaev and all these pandemic fighters that have made a name for them. Bobby Green, one of your clients. Brandon Royval, if yeah. he gets a win this weekend, he's got to be on the short list.
6: He does, uh, you know. If he wins on Saturday night, he's definitely had one of the most impressive 2020s. And even Brandon Moreno, people forget he was released from the UFC uh, when we first started working with us. Didn't make any complaints, didn't gripe. Just said, "Hey Jason, what do I got to do to get back in?" He goes in there, he takes uh, an LFA title fight against a very, very tough uh, Cuban Olympic wrestler, Michael Perez. And I just remember that Perez had such a huge crowd for the uh, there for him. Uh, Brandon, I think, had just him and his two corners. And I remember, we were talking about this today. Brandon was laughing. He's like, Jason, you were so nervous for that fight. And he was so relaxed backstage. You know, he was just raising his hands going, champion. And I remember just thinking like, man, I really hope we pull this out because we really need to get back to the UFC. And, you know, he fought amazing that night, earned his shot. And, you know, he's put together an impressive run, you know, uh, going 2-0-1 so far in the UFC. I, I believe we beat Ascar that night. We should be 3-0. And uh, it's been such an impressive rise for both fighters, for both Roy and Moreno. They've done such a great job with their opportunities.
0: And when Moreno signed on with you, he barely knew any English, and now he does like full interviews, and he's phenomenal.
6: <laughs> I was telling him at the house; he's he's been staying with me uh, over the past ten days. I was like, brother, your English has gotten so good, and he he thinks he still needs to work on it, but I I think he's he's doing great. Um, you know, he has such a great personality. Uh, we love having him over. His his energy is contagious.
0: That's the fighter's mindset. Is always got to improve. Uh, well, thank you for this, Jason. Really appreciate it, and best luck this yes, weekend. Sir. Thank you. A huge thank you to our guests: Women's Flyweight Champion Valentina Shevchenko, Alex Perez, Cynthia Calvillo, Caitlin Chukagian, and Chaos Williams, and Jason House. This has been another edition of the TSN MMA Show. Would appreciate it if you subscribe, review the show, whatever you can do to help. You get some great content from us on a weekly basis, and that's all I ask. Yeah, Just a review here or there. I'm not the type of guy that comes on the show every week and says, Hey, review the show, it's, You know, join my Patreon, all that kind of stuff. I don't even throw ads at you. Not that we're discouraging ads. You know, feel free to call if you want to put an ad on the show. But uh, I try to just give good content week after week. Every now and then I'll ask for a review. So if you have the time, please feel free to leave us a review, positive or positive. Either is fine, as long as it's positive. And we'll be back later on this week, myself and Bazooka Joe Valtellini or me flying solo to discuss the latest happenings in the world of MMA.